to Simpler. We are three pastors, husbands, and fathers on a journey to make life simpler by holding Jesus as the core for every belief and practice. This journey has shaped us to be more like Christ, freed us from the shame of failure, and encouraged us to a deeper love of our Lord and God. We invite you to join us in the discussions that have shaped and continue to shape our lives. I have a headache, but everything's all right, man. Uh, I could drill a hole in your head and get those demons out. I know, right? I learned about that in abnormal psychology. Hey, I could get the, uh, what's, what's that stupid thing that people do? I could get the shofar and like blow the trumpet and <laughs> yes. create a portal for the, <laughs> close oh, the portal, that's what it is. Close, close the, the portal. portal. Obviously, we're joking about that. If you have a shofar and think that you control demons, you're stupid. Did I send y'all, did I send y'all that video of that pastor? That blow that, that had a guy blow one during, yes, during their service. It was so bad. Yeah, he was like, "Everybody, was, be quiet and pause a moment." And you just hear, "This is this is what you would have heard." <laughs> <laughs> the guy didn't know how to blow it. It was so funny. Oh, it was so funny. Like, I mean, you you got to make sure you know how to do that thing if you're trying to make that big point. You know, be all dramatic and stuff. <laughs> oh gosh, so ridiculous. <laughs> Oh, man. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Simpler Pod. We're so happy to have each and every one of you here. Uh, we're just diving in today. We're just jumping in. We're jumping right in. It's the fifth week. Fifth, fifth week. week. Oh, yeah. I need to remind you. It's Fifth Tuesday. Welcome, Fifth Tuesdayers. We're here. Look at you guys wanting a little extra. Yeah. Yeah, you're here hanging out. So on these Fifth Tuesdays, what we do is we talk about a topic that we don't necessarily have what we've often called this or what we call every week, this simpler view. Like we don't, we don't have, we're not necessarily. We haven't talked about it. Us yeah. three. There's no consensus amongst us three yet. Exactly. So not you. That there, not that there might not be. We just haven't discussed yeah, it enough to know. Yeah, it's just something like yeah. we yeah. haven't. A lot of the topics we, we talk about are things that we have discussed prior to. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The podcast. Yeah. Exactly. But today you get to jump into and be a part of a conversation. Excuse me. Wow. <laughs> be a part of the conversation for the very first time. <laughs> You get to be a part of this conversation just like we get to be a part of this conversation, even though you're not here talking. So you're not exactly here a part of the conversation <laughs> like we are. But this conversation is happening pretty much for the first time. We are, um, oh, you know, what? I'll pass it off to you, Ryan. Ryan, why don't you tell the good folks? <laughs> That's exactly right. Uh, I'll post I'll post that online for everybody. Nice, nice. Be sure to send that to me so yeah, I can post we'll it. So Ryan Ryan showed a meme to us that I will share online for all you guys. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So all that being said, welcome to the fifth Tuesday. Welcome to this conversation that is, and welcome to this episode that is a lot less like um, the simpler structure. So this yeah. if this is your very first episode, this is not like uh, all of our other episodes. Um, this is the fifth Tuesday where we get a little bit different. So we're just yeah. going to dive straight into the topic and then we're going to start talking. So Ryan, what are we talking about today? So today, Pierce, we are going to talk about deconstructing. Uh, we hear that term a lot now about deconstructing faith or deconstructing Christianity. And, uh, so we want to talk a little bit about that today and the good of it and the bad of it. And, uh, just that Ryan Pierce, isn't deconstruction a bad thing for Christians to go through? Well, actually, Pierce, it depends uh, on what you're talking about. And I think the problem is there's not a consensus on what the term deconstruction means. Mm. So I think it depends a little bit on who you're talking to. Yeah. So, uh, so some people, uh, and I think that this is where it gets kind of the negative spin, and I think rightly so, a lot of the people who are very vocal about deconstructing their faith are wanting to be done with God walking away from faith, ending up in atheism or agnosticism or some other version of that where they're, they're trying to make Christianity uh, like palatable for everyone or let's not do it at all. Um, I think in, to contrast that a little bit, I, I don't think I would just use this term blindly. I think I'd have to qualify it with talking with somebody. But I grew up in church, have been in church my entire life, and there are a lot of things that I grew up believing um, that I have had to come to unbelieve mm -hmm. to continue to know Christ well, or to or not to continue to know Christ well, but to, how do I want to say that? I, well, I think, <clears throat> let me just throw a thought out there. I, I'm going to say, based on how culture uses the term now, deconstruction in Christianity, they typically mean deconstructing faith. Typically. Yeah. And I think across the board, I, I think I might, I mean, give me your thoughts on this. I think I might actually say, I don't, I don't like it in general. 
because so like let's just talk about your situation. You grew up believing a lot of things that you realized later weren't true. true. You actually didn't have to unbelieve those things because you didn't come to a point where you were like, okay, I just don't believe him for no reason. Now I'm going to work backwards. The gotcha. reason you unbelieve those things is because you were exposed to the scriptures, which changed your belief. Right. So it wasn't a deconstruction. Oh, good it point. was a it was a it was a com- complete collapse of your belief system because you believe yeah. something else. So yeah. a lot of people that deconstruct in Christianity are saying something like, mm. I don't like the way that someone talked when I was growing up in church. I don't like the like intensity or I don't like how it was just masculine or I don't like, they have some cultural nuance that made them dislike something that like people who say like the egalitarians or people who, I mean, I don't want to dive into that, but like someone who <laughs> says like, I don't like the patriarchy that's in the Bible and the only reason they say that is because culture now, modern yeah. non-Christian culture says it's it's not okay to just have a patriarchy. You got to have a matriarchy as well. Yeah. And so because of that, then they go, okay, there must be something wrong in my faith system. Mm-hmm. And then they start deconstructing. So I don't think what you're talking about is actually deconstruction at all. Okay. So let's do this then. Uh, because it is language that gets thrown around deconstruction, I think that, I think that probably whether whether they're using that term culturally or just personally, uh, it probably starts with some questions. It probably starts with, I'm being presented with something now that is contrary to what I've believed and grown up with. And so what we would say is people of faith, people who have a personal relationship with Christ, it's not deconstruction. It's moving closer to the heart of Christ. Yes, it is. It is re, I mm. think, like reevaluating what the foundation is of your belief. That's the difference, I think, and I would say, my opinion is, yeah. the difference between deconstruction and what you're talking about happened to you is that there was a foundational shift for what, why you believe what you believed. Deconstruction, um, if someone wants to use it that way, fine. Can, can we just, say, uh, maybe just uh, for uh, consistency in language, if, maybe not a foundational shift in what I believe, because let's say that the foundation of what I believed has always been Christ, um, can we say that? Does no, that make sense? No, because I think okay. it has to be the scripture for you. I see. I see. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, so yeah. like you didn't believe, I, I think it's possible what you're saying is true, but not for you I see. in general. Like if you have someone who lives in a part of the world that doesn't have, uh, the Bible translated in their language, yeah. audio or written, um, that could be the case. Like yeah. this foundation for them is what they believe about Christ. But for you, you actually believe in a lot of the things you believe because someone taught you that from the scripture yeah. and the foundation for you, you could say if the foundation was a scripture, the foundation didn't change, but I think how you viewed the scripture changed. So you could say sure. like below that, the foundation of how you viewed the scripture, the axiom right. was, I want to know what the scripture says without any filters. Right. That was in my, what I, I mean, we could maybe call it something different, but it seems to me like a foundation shift. Gotcha. Like what at the core for you isn't the tradition. Now the core for you is actually the scriptures. Cause you actually talk about it where you came to a point in your twenties where you were like, I'm going to scrap everything I believe except, except for Jesus. Cause yeah. I, I'm solid on that. Yeah. That's not actually deconstruction. That's saying, I realize that there's something wrong with the foundation yeah. and I'm going to rebuild because I believe the foundation. Okay. Is so that's, a, so that's a good point. So maybe some of you Christians have been you're you're thinking, man, am I going through a deconstruction? You're listening to our podcast every week. We're challenging you a little bit and you're going, oh, crud, this is different than what I've heard before. Um, so what Mike is referring to in 98, I was 23 years old. I taught a college Bible study or Sunday school class. And on Monday nights, I had like 55, 60 kids in my class. But on Monday nights, about five of those kids would come to my apartment and we would have Monday night Bible study. That's what we called it so that people could remember when it was. Uh, <laughs> I know it was great. College kids, you know, they're like busy. It's like Monday nights. Hey, you're going to Monday nights. Let's, so uh, they would ask me questions. And I realized about six months in that every single one of my answers, every one of them was, well, my youth pastor always used to say, well, I always mm. heard, well, my mom used to tell me, well, you know, this pastor, well, this book I read and none of it, like what I realized within six months, if you answer questions like that every Monday for six months, what I realized is I don't know that I know anything. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm just telling these kids what everybody else has told me. I don't, I don't know that I know anything. Yeah. And there is a huge difference. And let me say this to you. There is a huge difference between being able to tell someone else what you've heard and telling somebody else what the scripture declares. Huge difference. And I wanted to be someone who was able to declare to these students who were relying on me what the scripture declared. 
And I couldn't do that. And so I had, mm-hmm. I had been reading the Bible at this point for three years and uh, three and a half years at this point. And I just told them, I said, listen, it's going to be a little different for the last half of the school year. I'm not going to answer any questions unless I can at least point to a text where we can start the conversation from the scripture. And that was a big shift for me. But, but it was what never shifted for me and what has never shifted for me is how I feel about Christ or what I believe about Christ. And so, mm-hmm. and maybe, uh, maybe that's what you meant. Like Jesus was foundational. For yeah. You. Jesus and, and is I, the thing that matters. I mean, I, I could, I could see that being, yeah, the foundation. Maybe, maybe what I meant was like a level on top of that. Yeah. Yeah. What you believed about life and what, what goes on top of the foundation, Stephen, that's yeah, never mind. Thank you, Stephen. He's asking you building questions. <laughs> the house. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. So like for you, it was a lot of traditional thoughts that had been yes. just told you and what, yeah. and you had built this entire we belief system. We look forward system. to heaven because we're going to get our mansion with yeah. uh, our swimming pool and, you know. Which is dumb because yeah. that's not even in the text. It's only no. the King James that translates it that way. It's only because of the Latin word that sounds like mansion, but it's not actually referring to mansion. It just means like dwelling place or house. Yeah. So like, mm-hmm. Your your entire belief system was based on the foundation of what you've been told, right? And so that's what I mean is like what shifted. You weren't you weren't pulling pieces off like Jenga. No, going, I, okay, I didn't I like blew that. the whole like system. What you recognize is because the foundation was off. I actually have to like take the. I mean, obviously for you, I, th- I think it's fair. Actually, I'm going to recant on that. I think for you, you could say Jesus was core foundational. Yeah, I was on not going to get that, rid of that. Your belief system of like life and everything past that was was built on what you've been told. And so you realize it wasn't like pulling pieces off. Because I think what a lot of people do in deconstruction is they take a modern day cultural concept and they compare mm. it with Jesus or compare yeah. it with what they learned. And then they, they weigh the two together. You can talk more about that in a second, but that's not what you did. What no. you did was go, okay, I realize everything I believe potentially, because yeah. you, you may have actually believed some things that were true. Sure. But the foundation of what you believe was off. Yeah. In, in there, were, of, there were beliefs that I came back to once I knew why. Yeah. 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 And so instead of your foundation for your belief system being built on what people had told you, then it shifted to, I actually want to know what God has said. Yeah. And so, and it's interesting, I'll, I'll comment on this in, in your growth through the years of this is like, because the scripture became foundational for you, there was never the need for you to actually tear the whole thing down again because there were things you taught after that point that now you would go, I, I oh, don't yeah, agree I don't with that. Yeah. But you didn't ever change the foundation. The reason those yeah. things changed for you is because the foundation was solid. And that was the unfiltered scripture. Yeah. And I think that's different than what a lot of modern day Christians call deconstruction because what they're actually doing is taking a, uh, give a Galitarianism for, uh, for an example. They don't like that it seems like it's always been a man-driven world mm-hmm. and that they feel like they feel like the Bible even, and I've heard people say this on this camp, is they feel like the Bible, Bible is even filtered because it's a book written by all men. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so they start to have questions like, can I really believe this because it was written by all men? The foundation of their disbelief is based on a cultural nuance, yeah. a modern-day cultural nuance. Right. Um, I'll give you another example. I have a buddy back in the day. I don't know where he's at now. I won't say his name, but um, we had all these conversations about foundation and belief. And he would tell me things like, I believe in Jesus, but I I can't believe anything in the Bible unless the Bible and science match. Yeah. Like it, if the Bible disagrees with science, then I have to actually dis that distrust that part of the Bible. Like I don't, I, he would say, I don't actually believe God created because science seems to prove that mm-hmm. that creation or everything came about not by creation, but through evolution. And I would, I saw so Then I said, basically what you're saying is, is the foundation for your belief is science. Right. And he goes, I guess so. I said, well, then how do you explain to me the resurrection? Right. Because the core of the belief of people of faith is that Jesus came back to life mm-hmm. and science would negate that. Right. So if the core for you, your belief system is science, then you actually have to say, I don't believe in the resurrected Jesus. Right. Therefore, you cannot proclaim yourself to be a person who's believed. Which we've had a friend do. Yeah, yeah. I've many friends do. Um, and, and so that's, I think that's the difference is, is for us, we don't, we wouldn't say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw this out there. I don't think any of us would actually say deconstruction mm-hmm. in the changes we've made. Right. What we potentially recognize is that the foundation of our belief system needed to actually be God or needed to right. be the scriptures and not some kind of cultural nuance that we feel yeah, comfortable so or uncomfortable with. A lot of times it seems like the deconstructionists is they're, they're seeking to land in a place that's further away from the Jesus of the Bible. 
And what my goal has been for 20 something years is to seek to land closer to the heart of who Jesus is. Or I I think maybe they're not all in that camp. I think there's a lot of people who would say they're deconstructing within Christianity because they actually have questions. Yes. And I think what I think what I'm and, trying to say and is questions should have a you place should have, where you can answer. This is what you're them. trying to say is yeah. you were trying to say you should ask questions about things you believe. And yeah. I, 100%. I just think that if you ask questions without any foundation of how you can get the answer, you're going to be left in the wind. Yes. So agreed. like if you start asking questions like how can I believe this but you have no place to go for foundation, then all you're going to run to is philosophy yeah. and um, you're going to run to traditions of religions through the centuries. That's how a lot of people well, get off on on religious stuff is they, like I've even heard people give an account for why they don't believe in Jesus because they think Jesus is a ripoff of a story that's actually a Babylonian mm-hmm. mythology story about this goddess getting impregnated by a sunbeam and having a baby and the baby dies and it comes back to life after her and her maidens pray on a mountain for 40 days. They called it Lent, by the way. Really <laughs> interesting. Um so like I think that's that's all you're left with. If if mm-hmm. the if the scripture isn't foundational for you as a believer, then you're going to be left in the wind when you start asking questions. Yeah. But we do think you should ask tons of questions. Yeah, like, please don't just believe something because people have told you that. Yeah, mm-hmm. so, really seek to know what God has said. And and a lot of the people I think who are quote unquote deconstructing are doing so because kind of something we talked about back in November, but the church has been abusive and the church has taken things that it wasn't supposed to do and wasn't supposed to be about and has hurt people and Mm -hmm. crippled people and broken people. And like, if not physically and actually sexually abusing them, like, like there's, there's a lot of things. uh, Sorry, Michael, you don't like it when I say it that way. Let's say it, or you don't like it when it's said that way. It's not the church. There have been some leadership within, within different churches who have abused their position. Yeah. yeah. And so I would let's not put it ask, on the back of the church right. holistically. And yeah. I've heard stories about that, like somebody who got like physically abused in a church growing up and says, how could I believe in a God who would let that kind of thing happen to me? Uh, hear that statement. How can mm-hmm. I believe in a God who would let that kind of thing happen to me? What's foundational or what's lacking in the foundation of that statement is actually faith in God as a provider of salvation. Yeah. Because then it is a, you're only believing in a God who allows good circumstances. Mm. And that's never the promise. The promise is I will give you life um, out of death. Um, I will, I will free you from slavery to the sin that is causing, you know what I mean? Like causing the death. So I think those statements actually, I don't actually mind that people ask those questions because I think what it actually reveals is these people need to hear the gospel. Because here's, think about it this way. If you've been in a church where you've been physically abused um, it's possible that it's a really good church and there's just some bad apple in there, yeah. literally. Yeah. But my bet is a lot of times is those churches who end up letting someone like that in leadership, not that not that everybody not I mean they don't all you do can't the always same way. know, yeah. but like um the the chances are that they weren't actually hearing the gospel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so of course they're using the term deconstruction because yeah. they're seeking to find some kind of like foundation, some ground to stand on, and they feel like they're just in the wind. Yeah. And and we would, we would be willing to come alongside you and say, look, that church was wrong and that yeah. leadership was wrong and that's not Jesus and that's not a representation of And we Christ. would literally just point people to Jesus. So I think that yeah. it's, yeah. I, I don't like, I think that's why I was saying it that way. I don't really like the idea of how modern day people describe deconstruction and applying that to Christianity because I have yet to hear it's out there. Maybe it's out there. I have yet to hear of a conversation that someone calls deconstruction that isn't actually talking about an issue with faith mm-hmm. in Christianity. And I feel like that can only be a conversation about Jesus, not about yeah. like the nuances of how church is done. Right. Um, I'm not saying that you could disagree with me on egalitarianism and not, I'm not saying that people who disagree with me are not Christians. What I'm saying right. is, is that I don't yeah. actually, my point is I don't actually consider that deconstruction. Yeah. Mm. What I'm saying is if, if someone disagrees with me on that, the only way we're going to have a legit conversation is if we're trying to figure out what the scripture says, not what I think. Okay. So here's a question. Uh, in our world right now, there is a lot of, there are a lot of people. Let me put it this way. There, there are people who are part of Christian bands, Christian ministries, written Christian books. And because it's probably not a lot, it's just because of the prominence they held in their position. And now they're deconstructing their faith. They're walking away from Jesus the term deconstruction is now used. It's in culture, right? Yeah. So let's let's give our listeners a term, something. How, how do they describe 
in a word or two the process that they're going through where maybe they're coming to the 456 and they're going, oh, you know what? Like, I, I realize now that I am righteous just through Christ and not because of my works and God is pleased with me anyway. And they're having these big shifts in their faith and they're coming to a simpler view of Christ and they're coming to the place where they're enjoying Jesus more. What, what do we call that shift uh, that helps them be able to talk about it? Like, they're going to want to talk about it. They're going to want to say mm-hmm. to their friends over coffee, uh, and I think the term they're going to reach for is deconstruction, but I think yeah. that's, I think that has a bad stigma on it and yeah, probably yeah. speaks not to what we, so what do they say to their friend? Man, I've, I've been listening to Simpler Podcast for a year and this shift has really happened to me. How do we, call, what do we call that? I mean, I, I think, I think that's a, I think that's a perfectly fine way to say it. I think shift, shift is perfectly fine because I, I think that implies that if if they were a believer to begin with right that shows and i'm that, assuming that for this example yeah, 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 yeah for this example i think that shows that um they were on a groundwork of christ to begin with but they misunderstood some things and so yeah. i had my perspective my, my perspective, perspective my perspective changed i was i my groundwork is still the same right christ Jesus. is christ is still the source of salvation um, my fa- my faith rests in him yeah. Um, but my, I had to turn a little bit yeah. because I was depending upon these things uh, upon that foundation. I was depending upon these things, but I needed to shift a little bit to understand Christ in a deeper way. I think shift is great because I think it's also, um, applicable across the board. I don't think we necessarily need a, we need to coin a term like deconstructing. And what I also like about the term shifting is if they are in a conversation about deconstructing, they can even maybe undermines too strong, but like, be like, I'm going through some shifts too. And be like, and then, oh, yeah. and then like Make it the gospel. Yeah. And then talk about like the, the things that they're going for mm. and showing in the midst of their changes, mm-hmm. how there can be shifts with, with the aim of Christ. I think, yeah. I think that's one thing you guys pointed out too, was that there's so much, and not all people that would claim they're deconstructing are like this, like you guys pointed out, but there's so many people who would say they're deconstructing that have no aim whatsoever. Right. They're just tearing down to tear down. And it's all based off what you were saying earlier, either based off emotion, based off of worldly views, not based off of faith or Christ or anything yeah. like that, just based off what's going around them. And so for someone to say, well, I'm going through some shifts as well, and in that conversation, showing with the aim to be Christ, to right. better understand Christ, to yeah, better we want to enjoy Jesus Christ. More. Yeah. I think it can show that you can, because um, I, I don't know, maybe, maybe you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, because I don't know enough about this movement's beginnings, but I would say just like most of the beginnings of these types of things, it probably started off at a good place. Like, I want to tear down what is wrong and build up what is right. Oh, I don't you know think what? this modern term deconstruction had a good heart. Oh, okay. Okay, no, cool. Because I think, I really do think, again, think all the ones I've ever heard is having to do with faith. Yeah. Gotcha. It's rarely, I've never heard of one where someone's like, yeah, I'm having to like change some of my bends theologically and what I believe about mm, the Bible. Lord's Supper or whatever. It's like, well, now I don't believe in Jesus. Yeah. So I don't think, I don't think that's the right heart. And what I mean by that is, um, actually, it's funny enough. Let me change a little. So bit. modern deconstructionism, you think, is an I don't attack know there, on faith in Jesus. I don't know if there is another deconstructionism. Yeah, I think it's only been started. I mean, it's, I think it's a fairly new thing. I think this is the beginning of it. Mm. I don't. I don't know if there was like a at, you, at least widely recognized by term with this specific yeah. term. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. There was probably something in. I mean, there's always things in history that reflect what's going on, but this is the term being used yeah. is actually stolen from. It was not a Christian term we created. Right, it was right. brought into Christianity, brought into the conversation. Um, I actually don't mind it in terms of faith. Um, here's what I mean. I think that, I don't think Joshua Harris was a believer. Oh, 100%. So like, I think- First John 2, 19, right? If they yeah. depart from us, they prove they were never of right. us. So like, yeah. there's there's some of it I don't actually mind. <laughs> and that what I mean by mind is, I mind it in terms of someone who's actually put their faith in Jesus is what I'm saying. I mind that person, a person of faith saying, I'm deconstructing mm-hmm. because of how the word's used culturally. Yeah, There's yeah. nuance. I'm not saying it's like it's wrong. I just, I don't like it because of the correlation. Yeah. Well, um, I don't right mind away, it somebody's going to take it as faith. Yeah. I don't mind yeah. it in terms of someone who's actually considering their faith because I think what it's doing is actually exposing oh, yeah. the lack of faith that exists. So that's what I mean. I don't buy, I don't mind it in that terms. Like if someone mm-hmm. tells me I'm deconstructing my faith, I think it's a fantastic opportunity for me to just have a conversation with them about Jesus. Yes. Mm-hmm. Not argue theology or points of doctrine that have been in the church forever, but literally just to talk about the gospel, because without that, there's no foundation to grow from. Yeah. There's no foundation 
I think we need to add to the word mm. shift because I think shift could just imply I don't like where I was at. I want to change. Oh, I see. I, yeah, I don't yeah. think it. I don't think it implies that I'm really at the core of of trying to get back to the foundation, which is the scriptures. Yeah. So I think there needs to be some other things attached okay. to that. To your point, I'm going to add this now. Faith, faith, authentic faith can't be deconstructed. Cannot oh, be deconstructed. True, nope. yeah. So James chapter one, consider it pure joy, my brothers, when you face trials of many kinds. For the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish this work, making you mature and complete, not lacking anything. If any of you lacks wisdom, uh, he should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault. When he asks, he must believe and not doubt. For he who doubts is a double-minded man, unstable in all he does, like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by yep. the wind. He receives nothing from the Lord. And so faith, uh, and then in chapter two of James, uh, he talks about how faith without works is dead. Faith without works is useless. Uh, not that works save you, but that there's this evidence of the move of the yep. Holy Spirit in your life. And so faith cannot be deconstructed. So when people are arguing that they're deconstructing their faith, it's because their faith was on something other than Christ. Yeah, yeah which yeah. is why I don't mind it, because they're actually deconstructing they're, what they're calling faith. And they're yeah. they're admitting to the fact, really, whether they, they acknowledge faith. it or not, that they have a need for Jesus. Yeah. And so yeah. I don't mind it in that terms. I mind it when someone who's actually a believer is saying I'm deconstructing. Right. Yeah. So the problem then is that what we've done for too long within church is we have made faith about a dozen things other than Jesus. Mm-hmm. The kind of church you go to, how you do the Lord's Supper, how you pray. How you, and so people are coming in, and this is what you were saying, Micah, they're looking at a cultural nuance or they're looking at a cultural issue. And it's one of the 10 or 20 or 50, you know, whatever things that people said, this is Christianity, mm-hmm. all the things that aren't Jesus. Yep. And now they're hurt or they're offended. And in many cases, authentically so, yep. right? Yeah. Yep. So I'm not minimizing that. But what's causing them, what has thrust them then into this place of deconstruction is they're displeased with the system. Yes. Yeah. Um, but they don't have any other language to call it because they've been taught this is faith. Yep. Mm-hmm. And in fact, it's not faith. They've been taught something short of Jesus. Yep. Because the three of us have agreed here that there isn't anything that could ever happen in our lives that would change our mind about Jesus. No. And so my faith with Christ as as the core of that, my faith could not be deconstructed. If if you have to use that term, and I think what we're going to land is maybe don't use that term, but if you have to lose that term, then we would say some of our biblical understandings are being changed and shifted and maybe we're... But mm-hmm. faith cannot be deconstructed because Christ is the object of faith, not what we believe about yeah, Romans yeah. 9. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And so it has to, okay, so, so as faith yeah. can't be deconstructed. As a Christian, yeah. I think that what we really need to say is I'm seeking to understand the Bible. Yes. Because that's the yeah. journey. Yeah. And, and It's not a faith issue. No. And the beauty of it is, is you can be wrong. Yeah. yeah. And you can go, oh, yeah, I was wrong because the foundation's not you. The foundation yeah. is the Bible. Yeah. And you can be a person of faith, come to the place where you real, realize you misunderstood a text and go, okay, this is the understanding of that text and be a little bit closer, but still be wrong. Yeah. And then five years later go, mm-hmm. oh man, I was wrong about that text. And it doesn't have to shake you because the faith is still resting in Christ. Yeah. So your faith has never been deconstructed in the midst of your questions. Your questions have always been in an effort to enjoy this faith in Christ that we have more. Which is and why we can fully. also disagree with each other on the scripture. But if we all, but two people yeah. that have faith in Jesus can disagree on the scripture and still have community. Because, mm-hmm. because faith is a matter of Christ. Because the whole, yeah. I mean, Paul says in Corinthians that the spirit is the one who, who unites mm-hmm. us. It's, right. it's, it's not our choice. So we can right. have debates and battles over doctrine and theology but if we really are people of faith, then at the end of the day, it doesn't create disunity in us um, because we believe in Jesus. I think there's times where we could like, it could seem like disunity, mm-hmm. but I think that's, that's selfishness, that's, that's pride, yeah. that's stuff like he's talking about at the, in James, so mm-hmm. we talked about a few episodes ago. But yeah. yeah, I think you're right, Ryan. I don't think that authentic faith can't be deconstructed. Um, right. Now you could, yeah. I'll, I'll say a nuance to that. It's not really a nuance, maybe additional thought. Um, I think you could have conversations about um, I'll give you an example. It used to be a guy at 456 that um, we started talking about atonement and uh, his struggle with our take on atonement as we were talking about it from the scriptures. This was like mm-hmm. right in the thick of us kind of realizing that our, our view on atonement had shifted. 
He said, I can't disagree with anything that you guys are saying from the scripture. He goes, but I can't believe that because the the gospel I believed in was from the perspective of a, of a substitutionary penal atonement. Mm-hmm. And if I, if I agree with you, I'm actually negating my salvation. And I had a really hard time convincing him that that wasn't true. Right. Mm-hmm. That that, like his faith was in Jesus, not in the means by which Jesus atoned for our sins. Absolutely. And so I think that there could be questions about, questions about what your faith lies in without it actually being what we would call deconstruction of your deconstructing your faith. That's true. Um, yeah. And I, th- I think that's still, it's still questions that rely on the scripture being the foundation. Yeah. And so I think that's where I, I still don't like the term deconstruction in regards to Christianity, mm-hmm. because if it's deconstruction, then the foundation probably isn't the Bible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. When it, there's, well, you, you brought up Joshua Harris earlier. There's a conversation with him on the rise and fall of Mars Hill. Um, yeah, that, uh, one of the things, which I think I kind of want y'all's thoughts on this as well. Uh, the host who I, which I forgot his name uh, from Christianity today. Um, he had, during that whole conversation, he just said, man, while you were going through all of this, I just hate that you didn't turn to Jesus in the midst of any of it. And I'm paraphrasing a lot there. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, but I, I, I have felt and do feel a lot of the same way of people who are going through similar things. Um, and I think that actually you're, you're helping me kind of define what they're going through, Micah, because it is showing and revealing that they've never had a true faith in Christ because our understanding of faith in Christ is not based off of anything that we can, we can construct. So therefore we can't deconstruct. So if that's how, if that's how we understand, well, that's, that is the truth of what faith is, what Christ has accomplished. Um, but all that to say, I think there's so many people that are going through this that would now in the future negate Christ altogether because, yeah, I've been through that and I already figured it out that Christ isn't for me, that Christ is bad for me, whatever. Um, and I guess, well, I'm going to answer my own question here. I was going to throw that over <laughs> to you guys and be like, Beg, well, do you think that's going to be something that lasts? And I think that it's going to be a case-by-case scenario. I think that Christ is the great restorer. And I think that Christ can tear down those walls. What do you mean and, by last? Um, but I think, I think what I mean by last is like these people that will keep those walls up regardless of time or regardless of. Oh, of, uh, yeah. I think that's the, I think that's the great lie. Yeah. The great lie is that they have believed in Jesus. Yeah. And have a struggle with it. I, I was a Christian for so long yes. and now I'm no longer a Christian because I'm, because I've moved past it. That's the lie. I've learned past it. Yeah. And I don't mean that they're lying. What I mean is that the lie they've believed yeah. in, in terms of the foundation. So like mm-hmm. people who say like, I can't believe in, in Jesus because of, of like, I can't, you know, I'm, I don't know. It's like all the deconstruction. I can't believe in Jesus because um, the Bible's written by men. Yeah. Or I can't mm-hmm. believe in Jesus because, I get abused or I can't believe in Jesus because science seems to prove evolution. Like I can't, I mean, yeah. that's, that's not really a deconstructing thing that people talk about today probably, but like it, you know, it was science, for a long there's time. There's LGBTQ I, stuff. There's yeah, emotional yeah, yeah. abuse. There's physical abuse. There's right. a bunch of, yeah. And what's interesting is, is in those conversations, the foundation of the struggle is not a struggle from the scriptures. Mm-hmm. It's a struggle from culture absolutely, or science. And so now the foundation, it's, it really is its own belief system. Mm-hmm. So the reason that I think it's a lie is because it's, it really is in, in some senses a false gospel. Mm-hmm. These people have believed in something that's not Jesus, but it has the appearance of Jesus yeah. because it's, it's, it's a Christian culture. And so when they'll say, I can't, I can't believe in Jesus because the church does this, like that doesn't make, that doesn't make Jesus the foundation that makes the church the foundation. Absolutely. And that's, that's, I mean, the church is filled with people who, well, when I was, at a pastor's conference in 99, I heard this dope old man named Howard Hendricks, who was amazing dude, <laughs> tell these stories about how awkward ministry is. And he looked at this group of pastors and goes, you're in the people business. You got people, you got problems. Quit, quit whining about it. <laughs> you're in the people business. Like um, the church is full of people. And when you got people, you got problems. It's just the nature of it. Even people yeah. that have put faith in Jesus. So if the foundation for you is like, I can't believe in a God unless all the people that follow him are perfect. Mm-hmm. That's not the gospel. Yeah. It's something else. That's a lie. So I actually really don't mind people who are like, mm, I don't know if I can believe in this because I think, I think it exposes uh, the fact that they haven't put faith in Jesus. And here's where Christians are missing it right now. 
across the board, I'll say it across the board. I don't like to say that very often. Right. Across the board, Christians are so upset with deconstruction because we're mad that Joshua Harris left the church yeah. instead of going, what an amazing opportunity now to recognize that if this dude had kept going the way he had been going, the likelihood is that he would have thought he was a believer his entire life and then he would have gone to hell. Mm-hmm. And now we can go, like whatever the dude's name is, and I forgot his name too, yeah. Christianity, I mean the Rise yeah. of Fallen Mars Hill guy, the Christianity mm-hmm. guy, to say, I, I want to have a conversation with you about Jesus. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's that's the, Christians, we've got to take the opportunity when we have someone in our life who's quote unquote deconstructing their faith, let them talk it out. And instead of arguing with them about the nuances of doctrine or theology, go, well, let's talk about Jesus. Let's talk about the foundation of what you believe, because this is an opportunity for us to expose people to the gospel Mm -hmm. as a whole. Yeah. And instead of being so scared, like, why are we so scared of people struggling in their viewpoint of Jesus? It's when it's literally exposing people who haven't actually put faith in Jesus. Yeah. And we've been given the opportunity in that moment to love them and to show them truth and to be a light into their life mm-hmm. and to, and, 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 and we, we talked about this a lot before. I think in those moments, our personalities are, are apt to show through. I mean, there's the certain moments where, uh, if we love those people, well, I think there's, there's oftentimes where we can say things like if your personality allows it, you can say, man, that's stupid that you think that, <laughs> but, but like, I'm going to show you why. And there's also the personalities that are going to be like, that are going to hear those rough stories of people's past and you're going to put your arm around them and you're going to weep with them and be like, man, Jesus is so much better than the past that you have. Um, you've never known Jesus. And I'm going to show you why you've never known Jesus. Like you're actually, because of everything you've just told me, it's proof you've never known Jesus. And let me tell you who Jesus is like. And so I think you're, we've been given these opportunities to be a light to the gospel. Like we, we have a sure foundation that's going, I use this language again, it's going nowhere. Your walk with Christ is going nowhere. (laughs) Um, it's, I, people get scared. I think, I think a lot of it is too, that they're going to go into an argument that they feel like they can't win. Um, they're cause, cause they, they begin to hear these conversations of people who have thought a lot about their faith and they probably think, Oh, I haven't thought that much about it recently. I might lose this argument. I don't want to have discussion or I don't know how to prove to you that Christ is real. I can't prove to you anything outside of this. And they, in those moments, Christians oftentimes, and I've, I've been in this situation as well in the past, is that we oftentimes put so much of the weight on ourselves instead of realizing it's the spirit at work within us. And instead of realizing as well that, that we've been given the message of the gospel um, and we've, we've been empowered to love We've been empowered to to share that message of grace with them and to be there alongside them. And we also, there's also completely okay to look somebody in the face and be like, I want to continue this conversation, but I don't really know how to respond right now. So well, I think can we meet could, up next week? I think you can actually simplify it. Because mm. I think I think the all the context you just gave for those conversations is someone trying to win a debate or argument. Oh, okay. And I think that I think that's the shift mm-hmm. is we have mm-hmm. to start saying in those conversations, be willing to say, look, I don't know how to answer your questions on that. But let me ask you a question. Do you believe that Jesus is the fulfillment of God's promise of salvation, mm-hmm. that he's the Messiah, and that by believing in his death, that he bore our sins on the cross, took him to the grave, and that he came back to life three days later, and that through belief in that, we are reconciled back to God and given mm-hmm. new life? And like, do you believe that? Because if you just ask that question, that's the core of the gospel. Right. There's yeah, no yeah. argument to win there. Yeah. It's true. a yes or no answer. Mm-hmm. And if they say, I don't know, then that's a no answer. Yeah. And then you, that's great. You can just say, well, let's keep talking about it. Yeah. yeah. But you don't have to win an argument. You don't have yeah. to know all the nuances of theological terms and all the crap that the church has done through the last 2000 years mm-hmm. and how they've screwed everything up constantly. You don't have to know that stuff. You just have to know, you have to know the gospel you've believed in yeah, yeah. and just present the gospel to those people. Absolutely. And if you're like, I don't know how to have these other conversations with you, then try to help that person find someone who can have those conversations with them. True. So I don't think there should be any fear about going into those conversations. No, not at all. Just present the gospel. Mm-hmm. And uh, let me give you guys a little secret. I learned from a buddy of mine who's a psychology professor. Um, he said across the board, people uh, feel the necessity to answer questions. Mm-hmm. If you ask a question, people, for whatever reason, innately feel the need to answer. So instead of making statements in this conversation, ask do you believe in Jesus? Do you believe that Jesus bore our sins on the cross yeah. and then came back to life three days later and that by, by faith in that, that we can be saved? Do you believe that? If you ask the question now, it's not even an argument. They will innately feel this, this need to answer one way or the other. Mm-hmm. 
you've totally shifted <laughs> yep. the conversation, which I think is what we were talking about earlier, Ryan. You've shifted the conversation back to what is foundational. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or should be foundational. Yeah, it has Christ. to be foundational. It's his only foundation. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, faith with an object other than Jesus isn't faith. And, um, and it's not enough to... It's not enough to believe that he was a good man, that he deserved to be a king, that he was mm-hmm. a good prophet. Like you have to believe what he declares about himself. Uh, I reference this from time to time in our Wednesday Bible study, and you've heard me reference it from the pulpit. I won't. I still won't say the name of the book um, or the author unless you ask me privately. But I, I'm just not trying to do that. I don't think this guy's a Christian. I don't think mm-hmm. that like I want him to know Jesus. So anyway, he uh, started this book. Uh, wrote this book and he started the book. This is his introduction. Uh, Opening line to the book. I am a Christian. I've been a Christian for most of my life, Mm. but there are times, a growing number of times, to be honest, when when I'm not entirely sure I even believe in God. There. Now I've said it. So now you and I can both relax and we can talk about it. And so he's been a Christian for most of his life is his testimony. And then an increasingly number, uh, an increasing number of times, he's not sure he even believes that God exists. And it's interesting that these people exist in the world where they will call themselves Christian without being sure that they believe in God, right? Like that that Christ, you know, God doesn't exist. And he he says this, um, let me see if I can find it. Uh, And I I strongly disagree with what I'm about to say. I'm, I'm saying it to make a point. Um, The question that was posed to him in this interview is, why do you think it's important for Christians to talk openly about their doubts? If you are doubting that Jesus is God, you are not a Christian. I'm saying that now. Ryan is saying that. If you're doubting that Jesus is God, you are not a Christian. But the the interviewer poses this question. Why do you think it's important for Christians to talk about their doubts? He says, the first reason is because doubt is a necessary part of faith, Mm. which I think we refuted a moment ago from James 1. Well, that's a, I mean, that's like a stupid statement in and of itself. Totally. He says, we tend to think that faith and doubt are opposites. They're not. The opposite, catch this, the opposite of faith isn't doubt. The opposite of faith is certainty. That's what he says? Yeah. Hmm. Hebrews 11.1. 1. Now, faith is what? Being what sure of what sure you hope, hope for. for. Yep. Positive of what you do not see. <laughs> and he says the opposite of faith is certainty. And yet Hebrews tells us, no, faith is certainty. Um, and it's just, it's crazy. So in his mind, faith is saying, I'm not sure. Some days I'm sure, some days I'm not. I, his testimony, I have an increasingly number of days, an increasing number of days where I don't even think God exists. And he it's says, and yeah, I'm a Christian. To me, I would love to ask him, like, like why do you is, feel the need to call yourself a Christian? Yeah, like, what is the foundation yeah. for that? Because if that's the case, like, it, it seems like, it seems like you're making up your own definition of Christian. Yeah, yeah. And, and what's the advantage? Mm-hmm. If, you're, if your advantage, if you want to continue to call yourself a Christian, but say, but I don't know if I believe in God, he'll later say, I don't know if I believe in heaven. He said, I don't really think there's a point in praying. Like he says all these things, then why? Then what's, then why be a Christian? I mean, yeah. I think, I think it's, I'll say it this way. I think it's great for someone to ask those questions, but yes, not from, not, I'll say this. If someone, I mean, to make your point again, if you're someone who says, I've put faith in Jesus, and that's not what he says. He right. says, I'm a Christian, and maybe that's right. the nuance is it's a cultural yeah. viewpoint of Christianity. But if you say, I put my faith in Jesus, but I doubt that God exists, you've negated your faith in Jesus. Right. And so it's not that's not a slap at somebody. That's like, this is my point earlier, like, these are opportunities for, for us mm-hmm. in conversations to go, oh, wait, wait. I think you actually haven't understood the gospel. Yeah. Right. In a loving, grace. I'm not saying for the sake of argument, just to be like, you call yourself a Christian, but... I don't, I'm not sure you would actually understand what that means. And then you right. just lovingly share the gospel with mm-hmm. them because there's, there's apparently this group of people who calls themselves Christians, but has no foundation for what that is for Jesus. So yeah. that's why, again, I don't mind people deconstructing their faith because that, that is Shows probably that showing don't. that they yeah. don't actually believe. Yeah. I mind it when someone who's actually put their faith in personally, I mind it when someone who's actually put their faith in Jesus, who really is a Christian Calling, saying that they're deconstructing because I think that that's not a correct way to go about it. Like if you're asking hard questions, if you're having to yeah. shift your belief system because you recognize that some of the things you believe, you only believe because you were told that or you always thought that, mm-hmm. or you say the scripture is foundational for me and I'm coming to a place where I'm actually having to change my beliefs because I'm seeing from the scripture that it's different. And what you right. said earlier, Ryan, is true. And sometimes that changes through the years. You might shift a belief and go, 
And then five years later go, oh, wait, wait I think that was wrong and yeah. shift to a different point or shift back or it's, that's the journey. And that doesn't ever ever change the foundation that your faith rests in Jesus. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's the difference. So if you're someone who actually is of faith, I would say this, I don't think you're actually deconstructing. Yeah. When and, you're asking hard and questions. cultural climate being what it is, it might be better to use a different phrase. Different term, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And if you actually have a question about like how the church has done things for years that you're uncomfortable with and just ask the question, like what's the necessity to like yeah. say, well, that kind of makes me like doubt the core of anything I believe. Listen, if, if you're doubting the core of what you believe, then we actually need to have a conversation about the gospel. Yeah, because either you your core is not correct, you know, your core is not Jesus, or um, you're not a believer at all. And let's yeah. talk about that. Or, yeah. or you're just someone who's young in the faith, which yeah. is fine, and someone has convinced you of something. Yeah. And so uh, we're not by any means telling people, like, doubt your salvation if you have these questions. What we're saying no. is, is like, let's not, here's what I'm saying. Let's not let a cultural... Um, modern day usage of a term shake people in a way that uh, they shouldn't be shaken. Yeah. If it really does shake you, then let's talk about the gospel. Yeah. Um, if you just have hard questions and have uncomfortabilities with the way things have been done, then let's just talk about that. But let's not like, if you really are shaken in your faith, then let's just talk about the gospel. So that's yeah. why I think that there's not actually Christians deconstructing. I think there's people who call themselves Christians that are deconstructing. Right. That because, probably aren't actually Christians. Because their system has failed. Uh-huh. Yeah. Their belief system is not founded on Jesus and on top of that, founded on the scripture. Yeah. There's a, uh, to really, really, really push that point for all you guys watching and listening, um, ask, I think asking the questions when, when they're brought up, confronting the issues when, when you guys see them, like turning to, turning to people you trust, turning to, turning to the scriptures, turning to prayer, like turning, turning to places that you trust. Um, is so very important because even in my in my limited experience with people, I think the majority of the time that's what happens to when you get to this place um, of a lot of condemnation towards Christianity of of saying of being completely against it is because you've you've let you've let this you've let certain things fester you've seen certain issues. Uh, because of something that happened to them at a church or to something that they see happen at a church, they put the blame on the church as a whole and they let those things, they let those things fester for so long that now they're at this place where they condemn the whole of Christianity instead of just saying like, man, that doesn't seem to line up with what God wants for his church. What's going on here? Right. What's really happening? And then beginning that conversation and maybe for the betterment, calling those things out to begin with. And then maybe at that point realizing I don't know. I don't really, maybe I don't really understand what's happening here. I mean, at that point, like at the very beginning, realizing like, I don't know what I believe <laughs> instead of yeah. waiting a, six months, a year, 10 years and being like, oh crap. Like now, now I've condemned all of that. And I don't know. I think that I, I, there's this two or three people that immediately come to my mind that, that I think are at that place that they've just, um, may it be through a big event, um, like a very publicized event, something like Mars Hill, um, or through their own misunderstandings of scripture, they have very much internalized it. And then once they get to what they deem as what they deemed as a uh, sure foundation of condemning Christianity as a whole, then they came out and were like, this is where I am. Um, I think it's that interesting sucks. that a lot of the conversations now tend to be kind of founded on political shifts, Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah which yeah. is interesting to me that there's a correlation there. Um, that, and typically what it is is someone who calls himself a Christian that moves far left and then goes, well, I can't actually believe this Christianity thing because it conflicts with my mm -hmm. political viewpoints. Um, yeah. And that's that's just showing that your, your yeah. faith actually isn't in, or probably not in Jesus. Again, I think there's a case to be made that someone could just be so young and immature in their faith and just be yeah. convinced by other things and then just mm -hmm. need this reminder, like actually your foundation's in Jesus. I mean, there's a lot of things in politics that aren't right and wrong. We could yeah, debate yeah. about social stuff. We could debate about economic stuff. Mm -hmm. um, I, so like, I think that it's important for us to not let what goes on in modern culture um, be the foundation for how we mm -hmm. think. Right. Even Absolutely. as people of faith, we can't let that affect the way we think. That or you end up either being like uh, someone who actually is a person of faith who's so far left that you are like, negating some core beliefs of of who you are in Christ by like killing babies mm -hmm. or you can move so far right that the next thing you know you're uh you're putting 
you know, putting Trump at the forefront of your church, like First Baptist right. Dallas. So you can yeah. go extremes on both directions yeah. um, and mm-hmm. let your political. So I, what I'm saying is like, I think that there's too many people today whose political bends affects the way they think more than Jesus. Yeah. And that can cause some major issues for someone who actually is a person of faith because now it's, it's, I think where you were talking about where you were, Ryan, when you're twenties, mm-hmm. where you go, holy crap, all the things I believe are just things that I've been told. Right. Not know why I believe those things. And some of those things were right. And mm-hmm. then some of those mm-hmm. things were not wrong. so right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then the people who, who have those, those changes in and like how they think about something culturally that shakes what they say their faith is, or they start to doubt in the existence of God, or they actually doubt Jesus. That's a whole separate conversation. This is a conversation where we got to run back to the gospel, right? Mm-hmm. And not argue the nuances of of like the topics that are creating the chaos in that person's life. Yeah, yeah. 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 There was a uh, there's a lot of well, I shouldn't say a lot. Um, there's a few Christian leaders speaking out against deconstruction. Um, the two more more recent ones were Matt Chandler and then John Cooper, the front man of Skillet. Mm-hmm. John Cooper declared war on deconstruction. I don't know if y'all heard that. <laughs> no. uh-uh. uh, I don't know the all the nuances of it, but that was one of the headlines. And he um, he talked about returning to the scripture. I saw that quote, but I don't know the whole speech. One of the things, one of the clips I saw of uh, Matt Chandler, I didn't listen to the whole sermon, but he talked about us being in an age where deconstruction is sexy. Um, mm-hmm. and how people are feeling. I think I saw it. that clip too. And I think, I think there's also like, there's that mentality. We also live in a culture which is very bench bent on like fear of missing out. Like a lot of people falling into like the, oh, my friends are doing this. I saw a post on Instagram, so I got to go do this. And so I think that's kind of what he's pointing to as well is that yeah, like, yeah. well, deconstruction is sexy. So I saw, I saw somebody um, stitch themselves with, with that clip on TikTok and then they had this whole speech prepared. You could tell they were reading it. It was kind of like they were on a teleprompter and they were like, oh, you think my deconstruction sexy? And then they went off about how their deconstruction wasn't just jumping on a bandwagon, but it was because of this crap they went through at their church, all mm-hmm. this other stuff. And then mm-hmm. what's, what was, I was like, man, this is wild. And there was only like 10 comments. And so it was right before that post really gained some traction. And I clicked on the comments, the number one comment, which again, there wasn't like a ton of upvotes or anything, but the number one comment was <laughs> his point again was deconstruction's not sexy. It's not a thing to jump on board with. Number one comment was, dude, I'm totally, I'm totally in a deconstructing right now. Who are you listening to? And I was like, it just shows that this is a thing to like, man, I'm so into this right now. Improved yeah. Matt Chandler's I, point. Oh, exactly. Yeah. This <laughs> number one comment. And I was like, that's so crazy because this commenter immediately <laughs> disproved this. All people responding to, oh man, me too. I'm so into it. And like warning back to kind of what you were saying as well, this culturally we're seeing deconstructing as a means of showing and revealing that there's not true faith in Christ yeah. there. True faith in Christ is not something that can be deconstructed. And so as... Well, if Jesus is the author and finisher of our mm-hmm. faith, if he who began the good work in you is going to carry it on to completion... You can't destroy that. Then you can't destroy it. Okay, exactly. I got to add something else because it just hit me. Um, we, a few weeks ago, we were all together at this luncheon where we heard someone speak. And um, <laughs> this, I think, is part of the the issues a lot of times when people say they're deconstructing. This guy said... <sighs> I forget exactly how he said it, so I'll paraphrase. I'm not going to say who it is so that I don't misrepresent it too too badly. But um, he said, um, if basically his take was, if you believe that someone can be homosexual and be saved, then you've misunderstood the scripture and you've misunderstood sin. Mm-hmm. What's funny is, is you got two camps. You got that camp, and then you got the other camp that goes, well, I think homosexual people are fine, so I can't believe anything the Bible says. Mm-hmm. Both of those are wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, both of those are wrong. Yeah. Um, the question I, I don't know if I actually disagree with him or not. He didn't have a lot of time to. I, I think Qualify. I probably would, yeah. but like yeah, yeah. from his take on it, I think I probably would. What I, what we would all agree on is that can someone that's a homosexual be saved? Absolutely, because people that are adulterers can be saved. People that are murderers can be saved. Mm-hmm. People that don't know Jesus across the board are all sinful, yeah. and God offers salvation for everybody, regardless of where you're at. That's not what he was trying to say. What he was trying to say was, can someone continue in the practice of homosexuality Mm -hmm. after they're saved? Which is a whole separate question that we've dealt with before in regards to 
like sin that exists in our life as believers. We've said, I think just a few episodes ago, if someone proclaims faith in Jesus, has been redeemed by the blood of Jesus, has a spirit that lives in him, we have a really hard time believing that you wouldn't have some kind of draw away from who you were before, away yeah. from sin a life of and, sin. Yeah. And so that's a whole separate conversation. The, the question isn't, shouldn't be asked, can someone that's a homosexual be saved? Because it's a, it's a definite yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The question should be asked of the person who, let's just say someone gets saved and they're in a in a in a homosexual relationship, even like married, let's, like in a cultural. Let's bring it back and say, well, go ahead. Sorry. And 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 they let's just say like it's let's say the homosexual couple who's married, culturally married, and one of them gets saved. Now there's like this tension because like how do they go about life now? Like are they do they divorce their spouse? Do they move out? Do they get away from it? Like there's mm-hmm. I think that what we don't give room for is this this grace of God changing us on his own, like moving us away from who we were before. Like the expectation is now, if I become a Christian, then my life automatically looks a certain way. Right. That's why they were asking those questions because in a lot of people's minds, like you, you if you proclaim faith in Jesus, your life is is should look this certain way. What's funny is in the same, in the same conversation, he said it would be outrageous for someone to say that you could live this life as a Christian and, and not <laughs> sin, which is funny because those two things right. negate uh-huh. each other. So yeah. uh, all that to say, um, yeah, his very, one of his next statements was, he goes, but, but Christians don't get everything right. Uh, you know, right away, like they need time to <laughs> right. grow and which, learn. And which so, is you know, what would happen in yeah. that situation. And that's if, the grace. And so uh, to make this broader, because you mentioned homosexuality, adultery, and murder, we would argue that anything that does not proclaim Jesus or glorify God, like that God is removing those things from our lives mm-hmm. and moving yeah. us away. It's a process. Of yeah. It. yeah. And I think we just, we have a tendency in now to put certain, what we would call sinful things, or mm-hmm. we put certain sins in different categories. Right. And so- I think what happens is a lot of people hear someone like that say a homosexual can't be saved and they'll go and they'll go, I can't believe in a God who says yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. it's it both and God of, didn't say that. Both so of those exactly. I yeah. say both of those are a misunderstanding. And so like mm-hmm. we it's like it's like two people arguing, like missing that they're not even talking about the foundational right. thing. Right. Exactly. And so people are like on the deconstruction, like, oh, I can't believe in God because, you know, people said homosexuals can't be saved or, mm-hmm. you know, they don't like or God doesn't like LGBTQ plus nine or seven, twelve, those people. God, I think we said this, a few, maybe the Israel episode. It's interesting. God calls um, in the prophets, he says, Babylon, my people. Or uh, servant, at least. Well, I think there's a place later where he's talking about them later where he says, Oh, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, Babylon, my people, Egypt, my people. Um, and and ba- Ezekiel 19. Yep, so later. But, but Babylon, 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 the people who... Worship pagan gods, right? Babylon, mm-hmm. you know, like no, not e- Ezekiel nineteen. Keep going. Um, Egypt, <laughs> Egypt, the people who worship the pagan gods, you know. So, like, God is the, the proclamation there is that God is out to save people. Mm-hmm. He's out to yeah. rescue people from sin. This wasn't a qualifier like I'll save you as long as you change your lifestyle. This was the qualifier was you all suck yeah. <laughs> and I'm going to save you because I love you and I'm gracious. Mm-hmm. And so it's funny, like the conversation I always, I feel like that in that regard, 19, okay. It always misses the point. Someone who's deconstructing says, I can't believe in a God who says, um, homosexuals can't be saved. Well, God doesn't say that. What he says is nobody can, nobody can be saved apart from me. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then the conversation from there needs to be, if someone who is a homosexual puts their faith in Jesus, if someone who's a murderer puts their faith in Jesus, if someone who's a child molester puts their faith in Jesus, if someone who has like these heinous sins that we would put in a different category puts their faith in Jesus, now the conversation changes for them because the spirit now lives in them. They're free from yeah. sin. They're no longer slaves to it. And we, we help we help them work through their life in this journey of becoming more and more like right. Jesus instead of going homosexuals can't be saved. That's not what this, that's not that's the conversation, not the conversation to be conversation. had. Yeah. And so that's where I think a lot of people deconstruct it because they hear stuff like that. And they're like, well, I can't believe in a God who says that, even though exactly. God he didn't. didn't actually say yeah. that. Yeah. So I think there's some faults, I think is what I'm saying on how certain people within Christianity. And I mean that as people of faith actually yeah. talk about these things. Yeah, agreed. Um, and I think it's it's missing the point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If sometimes I feel like guys like that who who said that 
are more concerned about people not being homosexual than they are about them being saved. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't think he would say that. I don't think he would say that, but he implies it. What he teaches definitely implies that. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. And I think that's where the the fault lies in some of us who teach is that we, we maybe are putting the focus too much on things that are not gospel. Yeah. Sorry, I had to add, I know that like made it longer, but it just hit me like oh, that's no, 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 part no. of the reason people deconstruct. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think we hit on a lot of, I think one of the biggest points that we hit on was kind of re, redefining it, especially for those who would say that their faith rests in Christ. And so the part of the big thing of like the fear of missing out, the quote about de- deconstruction being sexy, I think that there's a lot of you that maybe are going through those shifts or are wanting to make uh you're striving to see the world through the eyes of Christ. You you are realizing these changes are happening within your life. You're diving into the scripture, you're diving into the community. You are living a life according to the spirit. Like and you're realizing I don't believe the same things I did 10 years ago uh in regards to certain aspects, even though my foundation is secure in Christ, mm-hmm. my my beliefs are shifting this way and that way. And it's tempting in this culture because of this, this language is out there and you don't know the nuances of this language, it's tempting to use terms like deconstructing because it seems to fit. I mean, I've done it. I've, I've, I've used the term before to say the things that I've gone through in my own, uh, in my own walk with Christ. But because of this truth, because of the way that it seems to be, or because the way it is culturally, that it is about, um, faith. It is about the tearing down of faith. And I think that we can say that holistically, that, that, that those are the prominent voices in this movement. Which is why um, I think we, I think personally, we shouldn't use the word deconstruction. And I, with and I think we're on agreement on that. Yeah. I think, I think yeah. that's a, I think that's just a good point. Like we, yeah. because I think it does automatically put us in with a group of people. And so it's not that we're not growing. It's not that we're not changing, but we're, yeah. we're going to have to find a different way to talk about it than what exactly. the culture is doing in yep. terms of deconstructionism. Yep. Yeah. hundred percent. Um, and yeah, and I'll death. I mean, I, I've even before this conversation, I want to say there was like four or five weeks ago where I actually used the term to describe some changes in my own life. And so now I'm even like, well, shoot, do I need to call them and be like, uh. <laughs> but I won't be myself. I'll be, by the time we get in the car to leave here, I'll forget about it. If it was me, I'd feel guilty about it for at least a year. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> You'd have to call them and be like, hey, yeah. I shouldn't have used that term. Yeah. But what's funny, what's funny thinking about, thinking back about, back about that conversation, I actually was encouraging them the whole time, like ask the questions with Christ as the foundation. Like don't ever, I think we even, I think even brought up the Joshua Harris stuff. I think even brought that up of like, if, if we believe in Christ, it's okay for us to ask the hard questions. It's not too hard for Jesus. Like it's not too hard for Jesus. If, if our community is knit together by the blood of the cross, it's knit together by the resurrection, then we can have those conversations together because we're not going to take personal offense by it because our foundation is secure by the work of Christ, not by our own works. And so we can have these conversations that may seem more difficult, but it's not about us. It's about Jesus. And, 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 and we, we can have those conversations because we know we're not going to fall. We know we're not going to slip. We know that we're not going anywhere. We know that we are secure in Christ. And so we can ask those questions and we can say, man, man, God, we, we live in a world where, where X, Y, and Z is happening. And, and I don't, I don't get it. And I know you love me mm-hmm. and I, help me to rest in that. And, and as I'm resting in that, teach me and guide me in these things. And, and let me, let me, let me read, let me read your word and you can reveal those, reveal who you are to me through that. Um, let me talk about these things with my brothers and sisters and you so that we can grow and learn in that. Um, and I think, I think it's, I mean, ultimately when we make it so much, there's some, I mean, we've talked about this a lot for the last few weeks, when we make it so much about ourselves, that's going to be so much of our downfall, so much of our own confusion. Um, but when, man, when we lean upon Christ and we, we negate ourselves, um, and we just trust in him man, we, we see that we see those shifts happen. We see that growth happen. We, 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 we don't add any hindrance or anything like that. We, we just, we just trust him and we grow in him. Um, yeah, I think there's, there's a lot to be said about deconstruction. I think that you guys can add a lot to the conversation, you guys listening and watching. Um, I think that, I mean, I, I don't, I don't know where you guys are with it. Uh, you guys that are a part of listening and watching us, we've talked about a lot of our changes. We've talked about a lot of our growths and um, our shifts. And so that may, that may have in the past seemed to have played into 
deconstruction type stuff. And so I'm curious where you guys are. So if you guys want to throw comments onto this episode, you guys listening, you guys watching, um, throw wait, comments. Wait, you mean that like our shift causes deconstruction for other No, people? excuse me. I, I mean like it, it may have seemed like that we went, we through, went through a deconstruction. Oh, oh. Uh, it may have, based off of how we've talked about our shifts, it may have seemed like we were in some of those categories. Um, but we wouldn't say that. We wouldn't say that. No. Um, I, I may have said that in the past, but I wouldn't say that now. Yeah. Um, that's why we had the talk. That's why we had the talk. <laughs> we had to have the talk, man. I know. Birds and the bees. I've already that's got right. two kids, so you, that's you, right. you had to let me know. <laughs> now right. it all makes sense. Now it all makes sense. So, yeah. So I want to hear what you guys listening and watching think about it. We want to hear how you guys, um, where you guys are with all of it. Yeah. Be a part of the simpler community. Be a part of it. You know, you know who my favorite part of the simpler community is? Who's that? It's Steven. Hey, He's right the, over there. Hey, the hot hey. Cheeto. <laughs> We're here at the Garden Audio, as always, hanging out. Uh, go give Steven a follow at the Garden Audio on Instagram. Uh, tell him he does such a fine job. Send him virtual kisses. Put all the emojis on every single picture that you can see on there. Uh, while you're at social media, give us a follow at Simpler Pod on Instagram and Facebook. And you know what's coming up? Just, I mean, just in a few weeks, like six weeks or so, on May 13th and 14th, we got the Simpler Conference, the first ever Simpler Conference. That's right. Woo. So yeah, so in the show notes or on our social media, you're going to find the links to that. Be sure to hit those links. Go get yourself registered. Excuse me. There's only 100 spots. There's only 100 spots for $10 each. And so you know what? And if you're wondering why, it's because we're doing it at the 456 and we can only fit 100 people. We can only fit 100 people. <laughs> there's only there's literally only 100 spots. So we're doing it at the 456 in San Angelo, Texas. So get yourself registered. If you miss a spot, you're going to want to follow us on social media. That way you can see clips. You can see updates on there. Uh, and that way you can follow along and you don't miss registration for next year's conference. That's what you're going to want to do. So yeah, you're going to want to see what's happening at the Simpler Conference. We're diving in deep in six sessions. We're making it simpler. We're going to be doing a live session as well. Steven's going to be there. We're going to be there. It's going to be a good time, a whole Simpler weekend on May 13th and 14th. So come hang out, get registered, follow that link. And you know what? As always, keep crisis core. What could be simpler than that? We'll see you guys next week. Bye.